I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and you're listening to Healing Quest on KFBK and iHeartRadio. Hi, and welcome back to Healing Quest. I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks. And if you're just joining us, our focus here is holistic wellness. And that means the latest in natural ways to help keep us all healthy and to live longer and happier and all those good things. But when it comes to living longer and healthier, keeping our immune system and our GI tract healthy is absolutely essential. And that's one reason you hear us talking regularly about probiotics, because those so-called good bugs are a key ingredient in our health. Yeah, but those good bug probiotics can also be somewhat controversial. I mean, you hear things like, should you take probiotics on an empty stomach, or you need to refrigerate them, or you need to have one that has at least 15 different strains. And So confusing. We get questions like that sometimes, and, and I, I guess at the answer, but I thought we should really know the answers to those questions. So to get, to get the answers to those and some other probiotic questions, we've invited microbiologist Karan Krishna to join us today. Kiran is a research microbiologist, an expert on the immune system, and developer of the Just Thrive probiotic, which clinical trials are showing is very effective in doing things like support our immune system. So, Kiran, thanks for joining us on Healing Quest. It's always a pleasure to be with you guys. I just getting on the uh, the call with you guys makes my immune system work better. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. Well, we hope it makes yeah, our listeners better, too. So let's talk about some of what we're calling probiotic myths. One of the ones um, that comes up frequently is, you, know, you see the probiotic marketing materials, they talk about 50 billion cells. So is 50 billion cells better than 4 billion cells when it comes to choosing a probiotic? No, and that's one of the most common misconceptions, I would say, in the probiotic space. And when I started researching probiotics about 12 years ago, I, that's what I did. I went to the stores to begin with and just saw what companies were promoting and how they were positioning products and what they were claiming to be effective products. And I kept seeing these dosages, 50 billion, 100 billion, 200 billion. And as it turns out, when you look at the literature, there are no probiotic studies on 50 billion, 100 billion, 200 billion, and there's certainly no studies showing that those kind of dosages are any better than just a few billion of the right strains. So the vast majority of probiotic studies are done with uh, one or two strains at three to five billion CFUs. Very, very few, if any, I can't think of any probiotic studies that have been done on these, what I call kitchen sink formulas, where you kind of just throw everything in there, you know, 19, 20, 25 strains and 100 billion. Uh, as it turns out, most of that is just marketing. We had a feeling that might be the case. <laughs> now, speaking of strains, one of the, I guess uh, we're calling it myth number two, is you need a probiotic with at least 15 different strains. Is that true? Right. I don't know how these things come up and how these things generate, you know, momentum, but that's absolutely absurd. There, you know, as, as I said before, vast majority of studies are done on one, two, maybe three strains. Um, there is no single study that shows that 14 strains won't work, but 16 works better. You know, these are just uh, completely made up things, which is amazing how how they take hold. And one thing that's really important to to point out is that, you know, we've only recently come to understand what is going on between our mouth and our bottom, right? That space, that intestinal tract and, and the microbiome and all the bacteria that live there have been a, a tremendous mystery to science and medicine 
for most of humankind. We didn't know anything about it till about 2009, 2010, and then really started to learn more about it around 2013 and 14. So our knowledge on what is going on in our gut is only about six, seven years old. Mm. And yet the vast majority of probiotic products were developed decades ago. You know, so they were, they were developed in a vacuum, in a vacuum of understanding and vacuum of knowledge. Uh, it was just all guessing and, and um, you know, innuendo. Wow. Well, uh, well, that, that's kind of scary. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> but but myth three uh, is what you see on the labels is what you get in the capsule. Is that true? And that to me is the scariest part of it all, because in, in uh, 2015, University of California, Davis published a study and they published it in the Journal of Nature, which is the number one scientific publication in the world. So it's a high level study in order to get into that journal. Um, they took a bunch of health uh, products, uh, probiotic products from health food stores in, in California and other states, and they bought a few online and they did full DNA analysis on the strains that were in the capsule to see how many of them matched what was claimed on the label. And of all the products they tested, only one product matched what was actually claimed on the label. All the other products had different bacteria in the capsule than what was actually claimed on the label. So more than 95% of the products they tested had different bacteria in it, which is scary. Um, and, you know, the uh, Food Standard Agency um, and Reading University had previously done a similar study in the UK where they took 35 of the most common probiotic products and, and they looked at it and they did sequencing work and found that the vast majority of them had wrong bacteria in them. And the reason for that is because, you know, again, the technology to properly identify bacteria and bacterial species is only about six, seven years old in terms of its commercial usage. So most of the companies that are using strains that were developed a decade, two decades ago, they don't really know what those strains are. And they have no way of effectively testing them before they put them into a capsule. Okay. So, yeah, it's a problem. It, yes, it is. Well, a probiotic needs to be refrigerated or has to be a good probiotic. Otherwise, it's not a good product. I don't think that's true, but let's hear it from you. What yeah, you and, and and that actually is a, is a funny way how I, I questioned that when I first started looking at probiotics. I would go to the health food store and I'd ask the clerks always, what are your best probiotics? And they would always point me to the refrigerator. But, you know, I'm not a, a regular consumer. I'm an annoying microbiologist, so I'd always <laughs> question them. And I would say, well, why are they in the refrigerator? They would say, well, they have to be live cultures in order to be effective. So we have to keep them refrigerated so they stay alive. And then they would say, make sure when you buy them, you get them home quickly and put them in your refrigerator. So and then I would say, okay, so they sit on the shelf, um, they would die. Um, that's why you have to keep them cold. And they say, yes, if they sit on the shelf, they would die. And I say, well, they can't sit at 70 degrees. What about 98.6 degrees in the body and a pH of one? How are they going to survive that? You know, and they never had any answer. So, no, if the bacteria needs to be refrigerated in order to survive and can't sit at room temperature, it will not function at 98.6 degrees in the body. If you're just joining us, I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst. You're listening to Healing Quest, and we're talking with Karan Krishnan about some of the myths that have developed around a very important natural health ingredient, probiotics. Briefly, uh, myth number five, a probiotic can be improved by being intercoded or in a special capsule. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely not, because what we're doing then is taking a strain that's not naturally designed to survive through the gastric system and adding engineering to it. Uh, because it's not designed to go through that process, it's also not designed by nature to colonize in the gut through an oral route.
Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's a myth. So you need to rotate your probiotics to create diversity and maintain efficacy. Yeah, and that's uh, that's another one that people have kind of j- dreamed up, um, <laughs> mostly in functional medicine clinics. Um, and the idea is that we want to get more and more strains in there. The problem is none of these strains are actually colonizing. They're dying in the stomach and passing right through. Uh, in fact, we're publishing a study this year that shows for the first time when you add spore-based probiotics, you almost double the diversity of your microbiome because you're reconditioning the environment for other good bacteria to grow. Oh, good. That's good. And number seven, you should take your probiotic on an empty stomach. Yeah, that's a crazy one because they were trying to avoid the the uh, release of stomach acid and bile salts, which typically kill all of these probiotics. So they were saying maybe you can skirt it by on an empty stomach. But as it turns out, uh, our ancestors got all of their probiotics when they ate food because they ate food with dirt in them that had naturally existing probiotic bacteria. So you got to take it with food because the bacteria that act as probiotics also need the food in order to function properly. Great. Okay. And myth number eight, let's get this in real quick. You don't need to take a probiotic if you eat fermented foods. They're two completely different things. So think of fermented foods as uh, fertilizer for your garden. Imagine your gut is a garden and all the plants are are your good bacteria. Think of fermented foods as fertilizer for those plants. Probiotics, an effective probiotic is like a gardener who can go in, pull out the weeds, till the soil, and improve the growth of the other plants. So absolutely, they're two completely different things, and you need them both. Okay, great. Well, thanks, Karan. You always are such a wealth of information. Uh, And I would say uh, all of these myths here that we just uh, talked about don't apply to the Just Thrive probiotics. Is that right? Absolutely. And we have completely um, undone all of those myths and kind of uh, identified strains that fit the paradigm better of what nature has designed for a probiotic to be like. And, and that's that's the beauty of them. They don't have to be refrigerated, don't have to be assumed, uh, consumed on an empty stomach, any of that stuff. Perfect. Terrific. So now if you want more information about probiotics and the one that Karan recommends, you can find it at Just Thrive probiotic.com. That's just thriveprobiotic.com. I will say it's something Judy and I take every day. So we appreciate your work. <laughs> and I'm sure <laughs> our microbiome does too. It does indeed. Thanks, Karan. We look forward to talking to you next time because I'm, you know, we're going to have more questions because this is one of our big favorite topics to talk about is probiotics because they work. Thank you. Have a great week. Thank you. You too. Up next, we'll find out what some scientists say could be a fountain of youth. And don't forget, podcasts of this and other Healing Quest shows are available at kfbk.com and on our website at healingquest.tv. And please follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Healing Quest. I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and you're listening to Healing Quest on KFBK and iHeartRadio.